Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. I'm so excited about this episode. Marketing and search engine optimization is something that we all desperately need help with, and there's so much misinformation about it. I mean, SEO, who would have known what that was, you know, 15 years ago? It's a term that there's so much hearsay thrown around with and just very little concrete knowledge. It's something that's so crucially important for businesses, but how often are you writing checks to someone and you have no idea if you're winning or losing or if they're even doing their job? So I think this conversation is going to be awesome for clarifying the value of SEO and what to look for as you're scouting out a company. And then next, to move on to marketing, I mean, I'm just convinced that marketing is too complicated in most companies that we we overcomplicate, we overcommunicate in ways that are confusing to customers and really we need our marketing to make it easy for customers to see what we do and how to buy from us. So I hope that this conversation gives you some awesome value. I can't tell you how good these guys are that we're talking to and it's going to be absolutely terrific. Well, joining me from Nashville, Tennessee, these guys own the marketing company Spark Marketer. They host the Blue Collar Proud Show, which is the best podcast that I've ever seen that's targeted for blue collar business owners. Authors of two books, most recently, Blue Collar Marketing from Startup to Success. I'm joined by Carter Harkins and Taylor Hill. What's up, guys? Hey, Tim. Good to see you, Tim. How'd you guys like that up? introduction? I, awesome. I loved it. It was yeah. a mouthful. I couldn't, I couldn't believe how much stuff you guys have done. I was, I was writing everything down. You, you guys are accomplished. You've done a lot. We tried a lot of other stuff too. That's not in that list. That yeah. didn't work out. So well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, for people that don't know you, give us just a, a little bit on on what you guys are doing right now and, and kind of your journey to get here. Well, go ahead, Carter. You're you're better at the journey stories. <laughs> well, uh, so we we started. We had a marketing company that we were running for a while and serving really big companies, Fortune 5 type stuff. And it just wasn't all that fun. I mean, you know, you were a vendor number and it, you just you, you didn't see the results of what you were doing for these companies. But in between the big projects, when you were waiting for the next project to start, we started taking on some smaller local service businesses and uh, loved it. I mean, we were able to talk to the owner. We were able to see the the difference that we were making and and helping them grow. We knew that the money that they paid us mattered. You know, it was it was either you know pay us and hope that their business increased, or take that same money and put it in a kid's college fund. You know, it was that important. So uh, we felt really connected to the small businesses that we worked for, and. At some point, we just looked at each other and said, you know what, this is what we'd rather do. And uh, we had an opportunity to, to do that and start working with a lot of chimney sweeps in the chimney services industry. And uh, it just, we haven't looked back. You know, it's been really exciting. But as a result of working in the chimney industry, we started working in, in Hearth as well. And that's, you know, introduced us to a lot of great retailers. And we've really enjoyed, you know, serving that industry too. Yeah, that's awesome. Because I think I, I first came in contact with you guys at, the HPBA show, I don't know when it was, three years ago, four years ago. Um, I think it was in Nashville, maybe. And I was just captivated by the stuff that you talked about. It was so relevant and it affirmed a lot of the things that I've been thinking about and doing. And then also just challenged me to take on some things I'd never even thought of before. So that was awesome. So I'm, I'm excited to talk to you guys. You're going to bring some great value to our audience here. 
Well, we're ready. We've All right. got a question. Fire let's, away. Let's jump into this. So, so Spark Marketer is just a terrific marketing company. You guys do a whole bunch with web and SEO. And the focus of this conversation is going to be all around marketing. You know, you got hearth businesses that might know just enough to be dangerous about this stuff, but, but really they're kind of, they're kind of swimming in unknown waters. Talk to me about SEO. It's a term that we all know. And again, I know barely enough to be dangerous with, but all I know is it's always changing. There's a lot of misinformation about it. Why should businesses be so concerned with SEO? Well, Search engine optimization is a moving target. That's that's first and foremost. And the the reason it's a moving target is because Google keeps changing, keeps Moving changing, the goalposts. <laughs> you know, and part of those changes are necessary in order to really protect what what Google's. Um, uh, I mean, they set out to do. You have to kind of get in the mind of Google. What they're what they're looking at is to give you the absolute best result every time for the search that you're doing, okay? And so when when people come out and try to game the system so that they can just make their company come to the top, whether they're the best ones or not, uh, and Google catches that, goes on the backside, sees what they're doing, and says, nope, we're not going to allow that anymore. We're going to change that up. And so that's really the reason for all the changes. It really is for Google to be able to keep their product really, really good. And the reality of this is if you go to Bing and search in Bing, you go to uh, Dogpile or any of the other searches, most of them partner with Google. But for the ones that don't, what pulls up, what comes up when you put those searches in is not near as good as Google. So, you know, Google's really doing their uh, platform a service by changing those goalposts, if you will, and moving them around to keep everybody honest. That makes sense. I mean, for me, I hate using Bing. I never get the right results. I mean, yeah, there's no question Google's the main player. Yeah, I mean, but that's why it changes. I've had people go, why don't they just leave it alone? Because they leave it alone, you know, bad actors are going to be bad actors, and they're going to do something, and and it's going to mess everybody up. Uh, And then, then there's the other complaint. Well, if I know enough about SEO and how to game the system, then I can just make mine go to the top and I don't have to work as hard. Well, that's one of those deals that that's a yes-no deal, and you used to be able to do that. And you could probably do that today. There's some things that I know that that you can do to get you to the search engines really, really quick. Uh, But as soon as you get found out, you'll be gone and banned. So you don't want to do them for that reason. Uh, The other thing that happens is – you can be number one in Google today, but because people have kind of figured out that you can game the system, they're looking at some other things in your company. Not just they're not just going to click on you because you're number one. They're going to look at your reviews all around. So, and they're looking for reviews within the last three months, and they're looking for good reviews, and they're also looking for reviews where that haven't been so good because they want to know what you did about it. So. These are all things that consumers are doing by, and we know this by consumer behavior. Um, there's a lot of, of companies online, including Google, that have followed consumer behavior and what they do. And so we know this as a fact. So if, if you've got really bad reviews, you can be number one on Google today, and you're still not going to get a whole lot of calls because most people are looking beyond who's number one. And a lot of companies spend way too much money trying to get in that number one position because they still believe the old lie that number one's going to get you the most clicks. 
that is not true today. Wow. Wow. It's a knowledge bomb. So is <laughs> something else though, real quick, just yeah. to add to that is you know, for this specific audience, uh, you know, there's there's sort of two strategies that we see in our agency that make the needle move. One strategy is really geared around service businesses that have a service area that they go out to customers' homes to perform a service. And there's another strategy really around retail. And that's a brick and mortar location based service where people, you know, from the community come into where you are to a showroom. So two different strategies. And uh, and for businesses that have both the retail store and a service side, installation side, uh, there's some some unique you know issues there as well. So it really, for the first time, Google came out recently and said, you know, guys, this is business owners. This is harder than it's ever been. You know, and and it's more complicated than it's ever been. You really you can read through the Google best practices. You can read through all of their SEO guide and. Try to do it yourself, but really at some point, you know, we're saying now that it, it behooves you to go ahead and, and uh, forge a relationship with someone who does things right, who follows our best practices, and work with an expert who can really help you sort all this out. Wow. So if I'm hearing you guys right, I mean, SEO obviously is great to uh, organically get your own website and company higher up the list, but it sounds like you guys are after a multi pronged approach. So maybe a combination of SEO work plus reviews, plus maybe some Google AdWords. Is that, is that fair to, to use that yeah. kind of tripod? Yeah, absolutely. And, and mainly because of the mobile phone issue, Google, uh, you know, used to, you could get on the maps and kind of, kind of do some things on the maps and show up in a lot of areas. Uh, so for, even for a retail business, uh, if you wanted to draw people from two or three towns around you, you could show up on their map. Uh, that doesn't happen today because it's all about location. So wherever you are with your location, that's where you're going to show up on the map. You're not going to show up on the map if you're not in that location, period. And there's a lot of people that get mad at that, and there's some things that you can certainly do around that. But one of the best things is to use AdWords, you know, uh, Facebook ads, those kind of things to, to fill in in those areas and bring those people over. Hmm. So here's a question then. So say you're you're an average hearth company, you're a, a retail outfit with a service and installation team, and you're looking at your marketing budget, and you've got X amount of dollars that are allocated towards web marketing. So say that we come to you guys and say, okay, this is the pot of money we've got for the year. How do we divide that up? What percentage should go to SEO? What should go to targeted AdWords? And what should go to um, you know uh, soliciting good reviews? Well, I, I wish I could tell you that there's a percentage that goes to each one of those, but it is very, very dependent on wh what region of the country you are because that's going to determine the um, uh, competition in your area. That's big. you know. Uh, if you've got five really big hearth retailers, then I'm going to look at that totally differently than if you're the only guy within 100 miles. I mean, there's, there's just differences in that. So uh, allocate – Allocating money differently is really determined by where you are today, what your website looks like, what you're trying to do with your website, your competition. Um, where you're just, located yeah, where you're within located. your market. Yeah, within the market. Are we having to bring people in? Some hard stores are sitting 20 minutes outside of the major area. So they're almost. we almost have to, to treat them almost like a service business that's outside the area. So there's just 
there's too many variables for me to say it's this percentage here, that percentage here. It it really depends. And one of the other things is there's so many um, SEO companies out there that have this, this is what I do for everybody approach, which is fine. We do similar things for, for people, but we do do different percentages. And that's really where, where the difference makes you know if that makes sense. Yeah, it sounds like sounds like context is a big play. It's just not a one size fits all. That you got to partner with an expert that's looking for you know the best need or the the highest needs that your company has, and then partnering a plan with you to go and execute. Yeah. That's it. So and and that's really the the base. And so if if you call up a company and they just say, well, you know, for good SEO, it's going to cost X, and they've never looked at anything and they don't really take a hard look then I would say that's not the company to work with because it, you really do have to get into what the company want, what their goals are, where they are now, and where they want to go. There's one other factor there, too, that we see a lot. In fact, we just had a uh, talked with a plumber. I say we. Taylor just talked to a plumber here the other day that you know one of the biggest factors about how we need to help you starts with what have you already done? And what state of mess are you in when you come to us, you know, when you start with us? Uh, business owners suffer from the ooh shiny syndrome, you know, and it, when it comes to marketing, they get pitched all the time. We know this. Uh, we hear it all the time. And and when a business owner has tried already eight different things in six years and all of those things sort of compete with one another and um, tank the other effort by, you know, various means. Sometimes it takes a while to sit there and pick at the ball of yarn and get it untangled, you know, before you can start really rolling it right. So it's that that's a huge factor, too, in how money needs to be allocated and what the overall goal is. Marketing should never be looked at as purely a strategy to get leads in the door tomorrow. There are definitely things you can do to do to get that kind of business, but your marketing should always be taken from a long-term approach too. What do we need to do to win in the long term? Five years from now, where do we want to be with the money we're spending now? How do we get to that, you know, immediately over time? How do we start that process? Yeah, that's really good. And that's a great transition point. So so moving into marketing, I mean, you guys run a company that helps with this. You guys have written a book on it. In my opinion, marketing has changed drastically in the last 10 years compared to how it ever was before. Can just speak to speak to where we're at right now with, with marketing in general. Well, I think, you know, the way that I view marketing today is it, it really starts with the phone call because there's so much that is available to the consumer today to find out about you. I mean, they're looking at your Facebook page, your Twitter, all your social stuff, your website, and a lot of times they're not just looking at your company stuff. They're looking at your personal stuff. And so, you know, marketing is any message that you send. So if you're sending messages out there as a business or personally and people are looking at that, then you're marketing your business through that. So it really starts from the beginning all the way to the end. And the whole idea is that it's circular. So when somebody is finished with a transition uh, transaction with you, if you look at marketing as a transaction, they're done. But if you continue the communication, 
then now, now we have a relationship. So that's what we call it, relationship marketing. So it starts with that first phone call. It goes on and it goes on and you're having that relationship. You're finished with the install, but you're still having that relationship because that relationship turns into a review and then the relationship turns into the inspection and sweep the next year. And then that relationship and it just goes on. And this is this is what we're trying to, to tell people today. You know, it's about just fulfilling the expectation of that customer in the relationship, setting great expectations of knowing what's going to come next, the communication piece, that really is marketing today. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and I think that that's one of the biggest things in, in our industry that we need to get our heads around is that in in a retail space where people are coming in to see you, yeah, they might only buy a fireplace once every 20 years, but there is so much potential for growth after that, whether it's through uh, service, sweep, like you're talking about, referrals, reviews. And if you look at it at the end of the day, we spend all this money on marketing, but the cheapest marketing anyone can ever do is a referral. I mean, that's yeah. the that's the best marketing you can do. Yeah. We see a lot of things too, places, we you know, black holes or, or corners, dusty, dark corners in the business where you know, where lots of money gets lost. I mean, we've had customers of ours tell us that it's, you know, that there's up to $8 million lurking in their business at any given time that they don't know how to really truly get to. And one of the biggest areas that we see that is in follow-ups on sales. You know, I mean, when you present an estimate or a proposal to a customer and then you never contact them again, which is true of 45% of small businesses across the board, 45% will never follow up after presenting an estimate to a customer. Wow. And and 95% of businesses fo- don't go beyond the third follow-up. So that gives you some idea. But what we also know, and this is all from the National uh, Execu- Sales Executive Association. You can find this information online. Um, but what we know is that 80% of all sales occur at somewhere between the fifth and, you know, on down the line, uh, number of touches or contacts. So if 95% of the people stop after number three and 80% of the sales are made after number five, then you start to see where all that money's hiding, right? Yep. <laughs> Most people have a stack of open estimates somewhere in their business that they've never really followed up on. And Taylor made a great point the other day. He said, you know, it's almost like this psychological um, safety net. You know, it's if things get bad, I know I can always pull that drawer out and go through and rifle through and find the ones that we need to see if maybe they want to actually do the, the business. And I thought, wow, you know, what a missed opportunity. So uh, things that you can do to help, you know, there's automated systems now. Uh, we created one. Uh, I, this isn't a sales pitch, but, you know, we, I mean, it's anything you can do to automate the process of following up to convert more of those possibilities into actual purchases is uh something that a business owner really owes it to themselves to, to be able to do. Yeah. Well, when I was back in Nashville a couple of weeks ago with you guys and you showed that to me, my jaw dropped. I mean, it was like, this is so awesome. Cause that's the thing is that it's hard when you got a lot of bids going out to follow mm-hmm. up with your customers. And it's one of those things that you start, you need the, it's like the hurrier you go, the behinder you get is what my father-in-law <laughs> used to say. But the whole idea is you get, you get so busy chasing your tail on new estimates that you're not able to follow through with the estimates that you have, which then it just, it, none of that works. Right. And so I think, yeah, what you guys are on to is something that's really key for being able to stay engaged, not drop the ball, and then follow back up with those customers again and again and again. Because it's right. You're right. If you win a referral, if you win a review, I mean, that's the beauty is that, like, reviews don't go away. You know, I mean, if you, they're there for 
forever. I mean, and that's that's always going to be a sales tool for your business. But a lot of people don't look at follow-up as a cultural thing, too. But just think about it. You've got salespeople. You've got techs uh, for your service industry out out doing whatever. And they're required to do these estimates. They're required to give the customer an estimate of quote on, on work that needs to be done. And then there's no mechanism for them to follow up. And so after a while, they just give them the estimate and move on down the road because they know nothing's going to happen. So culturally, to give a system of to support them in order to do that and watch them win those jobs and know that it's getting followed up on, man, what a booster to your team. It's yeah. just, it just makes sense. Yeah, that's the truth. Now, you, you talked about something a little bit ago about website simpl- simplification that I want to drill down on. So companies come to you. A lot of them are mom-and-pop businesses that probably don't know that much about technology and web stuff besides the fact that they need to do it. What I've found is that our information, our, our, our industry has so much insider information and technical jargon that customers just don't care about and don't need to hear. Can you speak to the need to simplify well. Yeah, <laughs> we can. Uh, there's there's somebody in the industry that that has talked about this, uh, and I thought it was brilliant. He was one of the first people to say, at least in 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 hearth in retail, there's the tendency to talk about everything in terms of uh, specs. You know, well, this has got a uh, you know 21 inch wide grill surface, uh, you know, with 40,000 BTUs and and yada yada, right? And and what he said is that's the last thing that the customer cares about. You're not speaking his language at all. He doesn't know anything about how many inches he needs on his grill or how many BTUs is the right BTUs to have. He just knows I want to be able to cook, you know. 17 burgers at a time when my friends come over on Friday nights for poker, you know, I just, that's what I need. Will this, will this grill do that for me? You know? And so thinking about what, you know, all the technical jargon and everything and being able to translate that into the felt need that a customer has, I think is absolutely essential. And, um, and really a, a detriment when when you don't think that way, when you don't put yourself – and really, when it comes right down to it, my definition of marketing is simply stepping into the shoes of someone else long enough to see what it is that they need and then stepping back into your own shoes and showing them who you are. Right? That's good. It's, it's the match between what they need and who you are. That's what marketing is. It's that bridge. And so um, – Simplifying the website. Another another uh, pitfall that we see in in hearth retail all the time is uh, we want our website to be the end all be all destination e commerce website where people can see every single product that we have, see exactly how many of them we have in stock, be able to purchase it from anywhere in the country, and you know. And I'm like, you know, there's big box retailers and others that you're competing against when you go that route. Instead, why don't you simplify your website, show them that you care and that you have expertise that none of those big box retailers online have, and that if they'll come down and visit with you for a few minutes, you're going to be able to help them shorten their sales cycle, shorten the research that they need to do, get the thing that's going to make them the happiest, and, you know, turn that person into a customer for life and referrals and reviews and all of those other things. Uh, If you gear your website toward that with the end in mind, starting with the end in mind, that the conversion for this website is get them in the door. 
because I know once they're in the door, my salespeople are going to do a great job of greeting them, making them feel comfortable, making them feel at home, asking the right questions, answering those, getting them feeling comfortable about the products that we have to offer them and get them sold. And uh, instead of leaving all of that to chance on a website that's talking nothing about nothing but specs and comparisons between Model A and Model B, just show them a beautiful shot of the of the website, friendly faces waiting for them when they get there, and a map on how to get there, and then and then invite them to come visit with you in the store. To me, we're seeing more success with with that strategy than we ever have with the uh, those that want the complicated e-commerce strategy. Would you agree? Yeah, I think it's about humanity and connection, really. When you just when you really drill it down, you want to connect with another human being. And those customers out there, they are drawn to to stores that are really talking about connecting with them and just being humans. You know, I mean, this whole internet thing was supposed to bring us more together. And it's done nothing but tear us apart in a lot of ways. And so people are looking for that. And they want to do business with people they like. It's hard liking, you know, it really is. The stuff that my wife and I buy from Amazon is just stuff you could buy for almost anywhere. Anytime that we buy something that like that we're going to sleep in or sit on or or whatever, we go experience it. We want to go sit on it, look at it, lay on it, whatever, because those are important things. And we've bought stuff before from people, not because they have a better widget than the next guy, but because they connected with us and said, what What are you looking for? What What is your needs? And then we connected with that. And that's everybody. We want that as people. Yeah. So if I'm hearing you right, you guys are framing it like a, a website is a first date, not not a marriage. Don't throw everything into it so they get all the answers. It's a first date to win the phone call or to win them coming in to see you firsthand. You Absolutely. You, uh, you know, and th- I will draw a distinction. There are definitely personalities that need to do the research online before they talk to somebody in a sales position. And, and they want to have data, you know, and they have certain ideas about what they may need. And they're looking for information that may, you know, support that that assumption or may challenge that assumption. So it's great to have good information. You know, I mean, I've seen some incredible widgets and and the ability to put in the specifications for my particular fireplace that I'm thinking about remodeling or updating, and then getting back, you know, information about products that would be suitable for my particular situation. Those are all awesome. But the end goal of that should be get them, get them in the store so that we can have the conversation mm-hmm. and talk about those specifics. Because right now, at least, until Google figures out AI and makes you know human beings obsolete, <laughs> a human being still needs to be involved in a complicated purchase decision. Yeah, and it sounds like what you're hitting on, Taylor, with Amazon is the difference really between like a commodity and a value product. Commodity, exactly. A commodity that there's no value to, sure, get it on Amazon. But if it's a value product – you know, that's going to be bought from someone that can provide that value. You bet. You bet. You know, it's between buying a vitamin and buying a bed. Sure. You know, it really is. It's, you know, there's nothing to a vitamin. I I have no feeling about it whatsoever about, you know, they say, take it, I take it. And does it make me feel better? I really don't know. But let me tell you, when I'm in a bed and I get up the next morning and my body aches, I'm not happy. You know, I want a bed that I get a good night's sleep on. Yeah. So it just makes a difference. Yeah, that's the truth. So then from your guys' experience, because you guys see hundreds of websites, I mean, if you had to guess what percentage 
of websites in our industry are overcomplicated and too much information. <laughs> I would say probably 95%. 95%. Yeah, of the ones I've seen. And I'm not seeing them all, but I've seen a bunch. Too complicated. We're not saying, we're not yeah. saying don't put data and don't yeah. put information because you want to be able to have that for the people that need it, but don't lead with it. You know, don't put yeah. it up front. Put the relationship up front. Emphasize the relationship. And then in 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 you know, to support that relationship, let the people who want to go deep on the data and want more information to be able to say, Oh, by the way, we have the specifications on this stove and you can compare it to several other models, just click here. So fine if you want to go that way. But don't start there. I mean, what we see is this waste of money of an incredible amount of uh, businesses that spend thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars, getting all of the bells and whistles and e-commerce stuff done because they think that's what's going to make their business successful. When what really makes their business successful are the things they haven't spent money on yet, which is relationships, you know, videos that show a team working together, a friendly place to walk into, a warm and inviting, you know, retail space that, yeah, I'd get in my car and go there. Let's do that right now. In fact, where are they located? That's, that's what we want. And and because I know that most retailers know that once we get them in the store, we're going to have their business. We're going to do okay. We're going to – in fact, we'll even be able to sell against the big box retailer once we get them in the store and show them the service after the sale because ain't no big box retailer going to be able to give them that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing I want to just point out here too is when I say that 95% of being com- complicated, some of the complication is that I see is like in the code <laughs> – I mean, it's not just everything that we see. Some of it is what's kind of behind the scenes and the mishmash of code and, and all the stuff that, that needs to be cleaned up. So there's a there's a lot of stuff that's just more than what we see on the page that I'm talking about too. Yeah, that makes sense. But I, I think you're on to something. If you go back to that dating analogy, if the first contact that a customer has with a company is their website – and so that's a first date. And if you if you're on a first date with someone, you you probably don't you know vomit up all of your personal baggage and past relationships. You know you you probably save that for when you know each other a little bit better and you can walk that path together. You know the first date you probably carry a conversation, look attractive, show that you're competent, and win a second date. And a, a website yeah. should probably do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, the red flags go up when you ask a simple question and you get the you know like so where'd you grow up? And the answer comes back, well. Uh, <laughs> It's complicated. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's usually a red flag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's get really practical here because a lot of the people listening to this, you know, this is this is great. It's amazing theory, but let's get super granular. So say that I'm a hearth company. I've got a website. We need to simplify it to win that second date. Give me three things that a company should be thinking about to clarify the message on their website to make it easier for consumers to find them. Oh, wow. I'll start with the first yeah. one. Yeah. Go to your homepage and look at it, but not through the eyes of you, the business owner, but practice what, what they call the beginner's mind, right? Uh, forget everything you know. Forget the first day that you ever you know, started your company or got into the, the hearth industry. Back up and think about it from, your per, from the perspective of a customer who is just thinking about a wood stove for the first time or a fireplace you know, for the first time, they've just moved into a home and these are all new ideas to them. They don't know where to start. They just know what they're interested in. They know the big words like, you know, stove or fireplace, right? A grill, whatever it may be. Look at your website all the way through from their perspective 
and keep that beginner's mind as you look at it. That will tell you more about what people are seeing when they come to your website than almost anything else. And it'll give you a tremendous um, set of tools to work with to know what to do to start changing it and making it more effective. That's really good. What do you got, Taylor? Well, I'm going to, I'm just going to say, if you can't do that, find somebody that's, that's like 55, 60 in your family sit them down in front of it and watch what they do, how they go through your site. Cause that's another way to be able to do that because older people are not native. And if you watch them, how they fumble through that, that's a, a, another good way. Cause some people it's really difficult to get in that beginner's mind cause they've seen their website so much. Yeah, so it was tough. so th- I think the second thing that I would do is contact somebody that can, that they trust, and, and there's a lot of people, it's not just us, but that can go through the site and at least tell them what they're seeing on the site and get a second opinion of what the site looks like and some of the just base things that can be changed pretty easily. Because sometimes just having a, a set of eyes that actually knows what they're looking for can can help get, nudge you in the right direction, Okay. And don't be afraid of asking questions. That's the other thing. Ask questions. Just because you don't know something doesn't mean that you can't ask the question of whoever you're working with and saying, why Why is this working this way? Why, why am I seeing this? And if it doesn't make sense with the answer, then get a second opinion. It's no different than going to the doctor. You know, if I go to the doctor and they tell me I've got cancer, I'm going to get a second opinion to make sure. Uh, you know, that's just smart. So do the same thing with your marketing. It's okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I encourage people that are our clients to get a second opinion, you know, and they'll call me back and tell me what the other people say and we'll talk it out. And, and a lot of time, and I've had a couple of people give me some pretty good advice, you know, and it's like, yep, I didn't think about that. I think that's good. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. So, you know, it's not always about, um, getting new business. A lot of times it's really about just helping people with one or two things that they can do. I'd say as a third thing, just another practical thing is uh, thinking about the call to action on every page of the website. Being crystal clear about what you want a visitor to your website to do. And um, and there's rarely clarity on most of the websites that we see don't have a real clear call to action. And um, so looking at the pages, determining as a business, even before you look at your website, what do we want our website to accomplish? Do we want, if you're a service business, do we want to book more or schedule more appointments for service? If we're a retail business, do we want more people to come into our store? Um, if you have an e-commerce component and you're running, you know, that way as a distributor, then, then you know, what is, what is it that we want people to do? Being clear about that and then looking at all of the pathways that people can do what you want them to do and look at all of the pathways that take them away from what you want them to do, right? The extra clicks that they've got to make or the additional information that takes them somewhere else on the website that isn't toward that action that you want them to take. If you're a service business, you should have your phone number up at the top of the website on every single single page uh, and a clear, you know, book an appointment form, a link somewhere in on the site up near the top right, preferably that's, you know, just what we, what we're seeing works right now. It may not work two years from now, but right now it seems to be the effective place to put it. So knowing what your call to action is and then making sure that it's present everywhere that it needs to be so that you get those conversions. Wow. I love it. So, so practical. So number one, 
look at the page like a beginner or get someone that doesn't know your line of business to look at it. Number two, find an expert that can go through it with you. And number three, clear call to action. So practical. Circling back around to SEO as we talked about this, what would you tell a company that is paying for SEO and they need to establish some checkpoints to find out if they're winning or losing? What would you guys do for that? Well, one of the the very first things is how are you ranking in the area that you're ranking? Now, there's a problem with that uh, in the sense that if you don't know how to clear your cookies, then then that's going to interfere with that. So there's some things that you need to know and uh, to clear your cash, if you will, uh, to be able to check your rankings and make sure you are ranking where you are. The other thing is I would recommend going into a different browser. So if you're using Google Chrome all the time, then I would check my rankings in Firefox. Uh, I would very definitely do that in a different browser. Uh, the reason is um, Chrome has something that's, that is called personalized search, and so it skews the rankings. So if you're um, – constantly checking the rankings, which we have some people that do all the time. Uh, and then pretty soon their rankings fall off of no, from anywhere. It's because they're not clicking on anything. So Google is actually giving them different things because Google's idea is to give you the best thing. So even if you're there, you know, you clear your cache and then you check your rankings and there you are again. So, um, but that's one of the things that you can do to see if your SEO is ranking. Here's another thing. There are, um, if, if today's search engine optimization is, is really about your entire web presence. Okay. So if, if you can't be found in, all the directories that you think you need to be found in, then there's a problem. So you should be found in every directory. It should have the right name, the right address, the right website, and the right phone number. Okay. Um, there are some things with phone numbers that if you're not careful with can mess you up. So you need to have one phone number and one phone number only online unless you are using a tracking system that uh, will dynam dynamically insert those numbers. So that's real important. Um, but if you find that there's a lot of things that aren't uh, the same, that there's a lot of confusion out there, that's something that any SEO company should clean up and should take care of as much as possible right away. There are some things that you can't change once it's on there. Um, so if those, if those, but those are, you know, few and far between. Yeah. Uh, but those are just things that you can check that, to just see if that company's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Ultimately, yeah. the, the final check is, is my phone ringing. And the only way you know if your phone's ringing or, you know, if you know that the phone's ringing because of your website, if that's one of your checkpoints, and it definitely should be, uh, is if you're tracking the appropriate things and um, making sure that you're always asking the question, how did you hear about us? Or using, you know, a number in the appropriate prescribed Google best practices way uh, to be able to track that call and know exactly where it came from. So there's a lot that, that uh, can be done there to create those, you know, those metrics that you need to be able to know whether or not your your presence online is successfully bringing you more business. Yeah. And, tra and tracking really is um – 
even though the SEO companies will will give you reports and tell you what it is, if you're not tracking and verifying that, anytime a company, a third-party company that you hire them, let me tell you, there are ways to skew data. I've seen it. It's frustrating to the, the business owner because, you know, XYZ company says I'm getting XYZ and then I can take that data a lot of times and move it over and just look in Google Analytics and figure out if that's true or not. So it's very, very important to track everything as much as you can. It's huge for any business these days and you have to track it and you've got to be able to read that data or have somebody who can translate it for you. Yeah, that makes sense. So it sounds like, I mean, as we as we round this out, so we're looking at SEO is so important, but it's a three-pronged approach where you also need some work with AdWords, with um, review work, and that's all contextual to different businesses. But it sounds like once you're there, there are uh, goalposts you can establish to find out if you're winning or losing, and it's going to be important to, to hold companies accountable to that. I love it, guys. So, you, I mean, I look at the list. I mean, you guys are authors. You guys own a successful marketing company. You run the Blue Collar Proud Show, which again is amazing podcast. Everyone here needs to subscribe to it. Tell me about where people can find you guys. Sure. Yeah. Uh, if you are interested in, in marketing services, then our company is Spark Marketer, as you mentioned, and the website is just sparkmarketer.com. Uh, if you want to learn about the podcast and listen and join our audience, then feel free to do that. Uh, iTunes is a great place to, to, to find us anywhere fine podcasts are served. Uh, but also check out our free app. It's available in both Google Play and uh, the iTunes app store. Uh, just look for Blue Collar Proud Show and uh, you'll find the app. It's free. Download it. Lots of good bonus content and special offers in there too. Awesome, guys. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate you coming on board today. Thanks for having us, Tim. Appreciate it. Man, I love talking with those guys. If there's two things that you got out of that conversation, I hope it's this. You know, number one is that SEO is so important, but you need to have a multi-pronged approach. I mean, that combination of generating reviews, paid AdWords, and targeted advertising with SEO is, man, it's a good combination, and your business needs to have it. On the other side of the equation, marketing is so critical, and I loved how we just talked about simplicity. Marketing needs simplicity. In today's environment where there is so much noise and so much confusion, we have to be crystal clear with what we do. So hopefully this makes you rethink the way that you've been doing your marketing, maybe gives you some tips on the way that your SEO is going to work, and just spurs some good thought. I thought this was a great combination of theory plus some tangible things to execute on. So that's all. I hope that this gave you some terrific value, and we're going to see you guys next time on the Fire Time Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Fire Time Podcast. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can do that at itsfiretime.com. We hope to see you next time on the Fire Time Podcast, where it's never hot enough. Slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you later. I'm all in to burn. 